Hi, we're the Mind Body Couple. I'm Tanner Murtaugh. And I'm Anne Hampson. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind body concerns. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We're excited to be with you all today. Yeah, definitely excited. Our son, he completed kindergarten. He did. Yesterday was his last day. And today we had Dude's Day. (laughs) Which means I was not a part of that. You're not a part of it. My my son has been saying Dude's Day like over and over again for the last like two weeks. Yeah, he was pretty excited leading up to Dude's Day. We hung out all day, really enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. And it kind of ties into the topic we're going to discuss. Okay. In some ways. How does it tie in? So our topic for today is how is control affecting your pain? Mm, how does that tie in? How does it tie in? So this is it. it. Is you know when you think about living life and enjoying life, control, excessive control, it prevents us from actually living life. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a rigid thing that happens. Yes. And I know this well, as you can probably attest (laughs) to in the past and sometimes in bursts still currently, I can be a control freak. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like you're like confessing right now as you say that. You're like, guys, I can be a control freak. Yeah, I I really can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to talk about how this relates to neuroplastic pain or mind body concerns. Yeah. But when we talk about control, I think a lot of people don't realize how much they're trying to control their life. Yeah. And I relate to this too, Tanner. Like I know a lot of time on our podcast, we're always, you know, talking about you and all the, all the things that you do. Um, but I also struggle with wanting to, to be in control. And you're right. It can be really kind of not hidden, but sometimes it just becomes so normal to be in this controlling zone that I don't even realize oh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, unless it's so excessive, Mm. it's not really viewed as negative in our society. Yeah. It's not really viewed as like a bad thing. Yeah. When we think about people that are super successful, Mm -hmm. I always think about, you know, they're really in control. Like they're in control of their (laughs) career, their family. They're probably not. that's what you think. That's so funny. It is. They have control. They got control. (laughs) Like it's this pleasant thing but the thing around control is that it can just be sprinkled throughout our life yeah so intensely like even for myself and i know when i get anxious Mm. or when i get fearful or when i get some of that sympathetic energy going on yeah my response even unconsciously is i just start controlling everything even down to like what i eat and making sure that that's perfect like everything's controlled. Well, what does like when you're feeling that anxiety, Tanner, what does that control do for you? Yeah, and this is this is what we need to discuss because control is really the behavior of fear. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It it looks good on the outside, but it it's just you know, we're fearful. And it's the behavior that comes out as a result. Yeah, it it really is. And I, I like that the way you describe it, that it's the behavior is fear. Cause I think you're right. And we'll talk about this throughout this podcast as we challenge it or dissect it or kind of look at it. 
you'll see that there's fear connected to it. Yeah. And sometimes this doesn't click for people mm -hmm. when I say this, because there's such a level of control that's just pushing down all the fear. Right. So, so are you saying sometimes like, like it, it takes away the fear or covers up the fear? Yeah. So here's a great example. This, you know, I try not to do this anymore, but even, even over the last years, I've had difficulties with this where like Friday, what I will do is I will start to meticulously plan my next week. So I'll go on my calendar and I don't know if you've ever seen my work calendar and uh, no, but if you go on my calendar, I, I don't do this anymore because it just causes more anxiety, which I'll get to in a second, <laughs> but it's like every minute was mapped out of like what I'm doing, how long it's going to take wow. and everything in this way. And when I do it, when I used to do this on, you know, Fridays, I would usually do it for the next week, I would get this wave of relief. Okay. Okay. So why did that give you relief by doing that? It, it really just brought a calmness to me that, you know, I have some semblance of control, yes. even though I'm really stressed, yep. I got lots to do, like everything's micromanaged. Yes. Now, if the week went perfect, and sometimes, you know, you roll the dice and you get this happening, <laughs> I'd be fine. And I'd feel on top of the world. But if anything went wrong, it's like everything internally just blew up because I was wound so tight yeah. around things being a certain way. Yes. And most of the time in life, as we know, things aren't going to go as planned. And it's interesting that you say that because I do that too. Like, you know, I use that like... um calendar function and yeah. I, I write things out uh, down there actually which has been very helpful for us and you uh, as a family so i think you need to give me some credit for that that's good yeah. but i don't do it in this intensity that you describe so i do it and it also gives me a relief because i'm like okay everything's in there i'm not gonna forget i know what i need to get done mm -hmm. and it is that sense of control but if things kind of don't go as planned all the time, I'm not as tightly holding on to it, like you're saying. Yes. And that's where we're kind of differentiating healthy control okay. from unhealthy control. Okay. So there is healthy control. It yeah. Can be you know, we're not going to go through our life without controlling certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some people that are just free flowing. But I think if we take away too much of that, life can fall apart as well. Okay. <laughs> so a bit of control is necessary. Yeah. But it's also what's driving it. Mm, yeah. And I think when we tie this to neuroplastic pain or mind-body issues, the issue is fear. Mm -hmm. The issue is, you know, how much are you in fight or flight? Yes. Are you in freeze? Are you shutting down and just in despair? Like, yes. is this happening to you? And are you dealing with that by just excessively rigidly controlling everything? Yeah. Because that's it. And I see this with healing as well, where okay. people try to micromanage their healing yes. and do the exact right thing. And there's such a level of intensity and no one's healing is going to go to plan. Well, and you're right. And, and that is all fear around that. And so we're trying to target fear. We're trying to lessen fear. Yeah. But in that is this like air of fear surrounding those actions. And so 
maybe it's not about, you know, the organization or the planning or anything like that. It's about the intention behind it. And like, like what you're saying, what's driving it. Yes. Because control I've seen is a big factor Mm -hmm. that keeps people's pain or symptoms in place. How does that keep the symptoms in place? I know that you've been mentioning that, but maybe reiterate that. Because we're trying to create, as you go about your healing, and Alan Gordon talks about this a lot, Mm -hmm. it's not so much what you do. Yes. It's how you go about it. Right. There, when I was recovering, I really clicked into this early on, this light, easy, yes. you know, really curious, just trying things. There was no, like, I never set like a deadline that I need to be healed by, yeah. you know, X amount of time. And as a result, there wasn't intensity to it. Well, and I think this is a hard one for people to grasp because the end goal is to get better or the end goal, goal is for the pain to reduce. And so I can see why there's this intensity behind recovery yeah and now we want to shift to talk about the solution because we've discussed why control Mm -hmm. is tied to neuroplastic pain Mm -hmm. so hopefully that motivates people enough pain and symptoms are a good motivator i found that for myself i can i can cope with anxiety and push through Pain and symptoms are a good motivator. So we're trying to motivate people that, you know, changing control, it's not an easy thing. I know from experience, it's, it's really difficult, Yeah. but now we want to talk about the solution Mm -hmm. and the first step, the first step is awareness. Yeah. It's starting to become aware, you know, how much am I organizing? How rigid am I around things? Mm -hmm. You know, do I have certain conditions that I need to be met every day? Okay. Because I'll do that as well, where I need, you know, to do two hours of work on this project every day this week. That's the control. That's how it's coming out for me. And I have to watch it because my brain is so sneaky that it will just start doing this. And I won't even realize it until all of a sudden I'm like on high alert when things aren't going right. Okay. So it's almost pausing to to look at your actions, to look at your behaviors, to look at your typical day and what goes into that. Yeah. And I, I pose the question to people of, do you get anxious or angry when something unpredictable happens? Right. That's a good sign that there is a high level of control taking place. Mm -hmm. In my 20s, I remember having no awareness over this. And things would just not go as planned. I didn't even know I was excessively planning, but things wouldn't go as planned. And I would just lose it. I would just become explosively angry from zero zero to a hundred all yes. of a sudden. I know I know that. Yeah, you yeah. you're aware. You're aware. I apologize for, uh-huh. for those times. And it's funny actually because I think I had more awareness that I did, yeah. That was around, but yeah, you did not have that awareness. Yeah. And so the awareness has to come first. Mm-hmm. It's just being curious about how you're kind of functioning week by week mm-hmm. and just starting to pick up on this. Now the solution to control, in my opinion, at least, I know there's probably other therapists out there that have other opinions, but in my opinion, it really comes down to exposure. Yes. And then learning to sit with the sensations yes. of the emotions that it that it evokes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because if we're not doing that, then we're reacting to those sensations and we're controlling. And so the idea is, okay, I want to stop controlling. I need to stop reacting. 
to those sensations of fear, yeah. anxiety, whatever's underneath. Yeah, in simple ways that I've played around with this, and I think I've talked about on this podcast, mm -hmm. is just starting small. Just picking one thing that you're choosing to not control. Mm -hmm. One simple thing. It doesn't have to be anything major. I think I've told, you know, at least I've, I've told people this example for myself, is when I send the email, I read it once and send it. Yes. I don't read it 15 times because otherwise I will. Okay, it's so this, sorry to interrupt. I was just thinking this is similar to the challenging perfection yeah, as well. Because it comes in, yeah. you know, control and perfectionism, they're, they're tied together. Mm -hmm. People yeah. are trying to control a lot of times to come off perfect or yes. have a perfect life or have a perfect week. And so for myself, it was these small exposures that I need to start doing. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about on the podcast, that trip we went on just to the lake for yeah. a couple of days. Like I remember because I struggle on trips and part of it is because of the lack of control. Yes. I, I can't control every variable. I don't know all the variables and my mind wants to explode a bit sometimes when that happens. And so part of it for me was leading up to that. I started to really work on reducing control mm -hmm. so that when I got there, I know it went actually quite well yeah. that weekend, but in the past that would have happened. And so it was the exposure. Well, and I like that you're talking so much about exposure because we, we talk a lot about exposure on this podcast and, and in different forms of how it's useful, but it's only with exposure where we can start to learn to change or tolerate. And so we need that and often we need to create it for ourselves. Yeah. And when we talk about ways to somatically work through control mm -hmm. and the emotions that result from that exposure, I talk about with people somatic tracking. Yeah, me too. It's a bit, it's different, right? It's not on pain or necessarily even emotion. Yeah. It can be emotion. Well, there's, if, there, there's the sensation still. There's the sensations, yeah. but I always, what I tell people to do is like when you're doing somatic tracking on control, what you want to do is you want to identify like, where do you feel control in your body? Yeah. Like, how does it present? What is your breathing like? What is your heart rate like? What do you, what do your muscles feel like? What are the sensations of emotions you're feeling? Because for each person, like control feels a certain way in my body. Mm -hmm. I can feel it. Like my whole upper body tightens. It just like constricts. And so I needed to actually start approaching that instead of compulsively going out and controlling, approaching like how control feels in my body and learning to kind of float with those sensations. Yeah. And a big piece of somatic tracking is those messages of safety that the sensations are safe. Yeah. That you can attend to this and explore how control presents in your body and be curious about it. And by doing that, we can actually start to work through it. Well, and it's very similar to how we want to deal with the pain. And then knowing that, that we're safe with the pain, knowing that we're safe with this anxiety or this feeling of lack of control as well. So it's just not resisting anymore. Exactly. And we talk about nervous system regulation yeah. as part of the solution to this, to somatically working through it. Because for myself, what I've noticed is, is if I'm in fight, flight, freeze, shut down, you know, if I'm in any of these defensive states, I am more likely to excessively control. When we talked about, you know, we have that polyvagal episode, people can go listen back. When we talk about ventral vagal, 
which is really safe and connected. We feel safe, we feel socially connected, we feel calm. If I can be in that state more often, I'm less likely to go and compulsively control everything. Yes. And so part of healing is learning to shift to a safe and connected state more often. And that can be difficult to learn. And we'll do many episodes in the future mm-hmm. on different ways of doing that. But, you know, a few ways of releasing control somatically, these are ones that I use. They're, they're ones that I use quite a bit and I've had people use as well. And some of them are a little silly and I like that they're a little silly because when we're in the success of control, we need to lighten it up a bit. Yeah, for sure. Because like we said, control feels somatically a certain way. Like everything feels so rigid in my body when that's happening. And so one that can work is like actually practicing like loosening your body. Okay. This can be similar to when we tell people to slow down, like they're practicing slow down. This is the idea of practicing loosening the body. Yeah. It's just from like, you know, your head, your face, your neck, your shoulders, all the way down to your toes, like practicing loosening and notice what happens to your internal state. Mm-hmm. As you practice just like letting go and loosening. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, and you can be a little goofy with it. Like I, when I'm doing it and I'm taking care of the kids, uh, our daughter loves doing this. We'll be like, you know, loosening our body up. She thinks it's <laughs> hilarious, but it really works quite well. Well, when you do it, Tanner, how do you end up feeling after? I think naturally, I feel a little bit less attached to all of that control. Like I feel less like I'm like gripping so intensely. Yeah. You know, the other one that can work, and I do this sometimes during somatic tracking around it, is tightening your fists and then slowly releasing and feeling like that sensation of just like letting go. You're doing it right now. (laughs) I'm practicing it right now. I, I don't usually, like I don't normally do this one, but I see you often actually doing it. Do it, yeah. Because I'm practicing not just cognitively letting go, but physically, like just letting it go. Does this have to represent letting it go to you? Like kind of having that symbolic meaning you know, around it, it too? It doesn't necessarily, I think, somatically, it also is like releasing, yeah. learning to release the, that tightness that yeah. we feel that often is associated with it. But it's a, it's a good one to practice. You know, the other one, and you know, I do this in Qigong a lot is like shaking out your body, mm-hmm. like shaking out, loosening it out. And you can be really silly around it. Like, you know, this is one that I do with our daughter as well. Yeah. You probably see us doing yeah. this a lot. We're like shaking, you know, loosening up our body. It's just naturally putting us into a different yes. mindset. And a lot of times, you know, story follows state. So if we can work on like loosening up mm. the state of our body, a lot of times that story will shift. You won't be having as many fear thoughts going on. Yeah, for sure. And this reminds me of that kind of, and we did this, I think, recently leaning into pleasant sensations. And when we're shifting into light and easy, it's important to lean into that instead and step out of the control almost. Yeah. And so, you know, the final one that I always tell people to play around with is, you know, playful movements or dancing, like doing anything of that nature can, can be really helpful. Yeah. Now I want to be clear with all of these uh, as we're talking about it, everyone's nervous system needs something different. Yeah. It's not like these are like just blanket things 
don't don't try and control using these strategies too much either <laughs> because everyone needs something different like all of these that i've mentioned like sometimes i'm just playing around and noticing like what's effective what's effective for me because it's going to be a little bit different each time but you know very useful to know because the, these practices they help us release that fight or flight, like sympathetic energy. Yeah. That a lot of times gets like held up and is driving control forward. So this was our brief episode on control and how we can actually start to work with it. So we want to review that and make it clear to people that first off, you know, control is very associated with neuroplastic pain. Yeah. And it will maintain and perpetuate pain and symptoms. So that's the motivation first off. We also want people to remember that control is very much linked to fear. So there's very much that connection. And so it's like, okay, if, am I being controlling? What am I afraid of? Yeah. And so the first step to changing this is the awareness. Yeah. Being aware, how is control part of your life? And is it, is it excessive? Yeah. What does that kind of look like? Once we're having that awareness, then look for patterns like you're saying, see how it is in our life, where do we see it, and then start challenging it. Start with small experiments. Yeah, small experiments where you're exposing, that's mm -hmm. the key. And then once we start doing that, then it's learning to sit with the sensations. Yes. And playing around with somatic tracking in this way for it. And the last way after that, it really comes down to just some of those somatic practices we discussed yeah. to seeing if you can release some of that sensation and tension in your body. So I hope this episode was helpful for everyone and we will talk to you next week. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca. You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy, where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel, which is named Tanner Murtaugh MSW RSW.